had 20 minutes with a counselor, what would you ask? I'm Anna Nash. And I'm Julie Sparkman, a counselor with Restore Ministries here in Birmingham, Alabama. You are listening to Head to Heart, a podcast to help you connect what you know with how you live. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We are not designed to bear the weight of things outside of our control. Just think about it for a moment. What would it be like if you actually released control of the things that you are actually not responsible for? Now, in this moment, that sounds really nice, doesn't it? Just going to release control and let Jesus do it, and I feel lifted until tomorrow morning when you walk into the office and part of your picture is threatened. And at that point, it is not a pleasant invitation to rest anymore. It's terrifying. And that anxiety actually can be higher as you begin to think about that. But you know what? That's the place that I want to encourage all of us to go to. Go ahead. Face the question that comes up at that moment. If I am not in control, who is? God? Well, yes, but is he as committed to my picture as I am? No. As hard as I try to find it in the scripture, I can't guarantee any place where he assures me that my desires, my picture, is going to happen this side of heaven, no matter how hard I try. I had a new client recently. She'd been a Christian for a long time. She was in a very difficult marriage and a job she disliked. She had three kids who she said didn't respect her, and she said that was probably because of the way that her husband treated her. Let's just say that her reality was really far from her picture. But interestingly, that was not what she said on her intake form the reason was for coming to counseling. She said the reason that she came to counseling was because she wanted to improve her bad self-image. So I asked her more about that at our first session, and she explained that she had never felt good about herself. She had always felt that others somehow had something that she just didn't have, and that's why her life was the way that it was. And she believed that if she felt better about herself, that she would demand more respect for her husband and her children, and she would have better boundaries at work, and coworkers wouldn't always be taking advantage of her as they were now. See, if she believed that if she felt better about herself, that she would try harder. And if she tried harder, she could make that picture a reality. Does that sound familiar? Can you hear that inner, inner shame? That she intrinsically lacked something that others had. And if she could find it, then life would work. If it is to be, it's up to me. Only she didn't feel up to the task. So I clarified it with her. I said, so you came to counseling because you lack confidence that you have the ability to create the life that you desire. She said, yes, exactly. Now, according to my training as a counselor, that is a bad self-image. Counselors don't like bad self-images. And we need to rescue and recover our clients and their bad self-images. And so we do that with things like, you know, we get her to list her strengths, we help her use daily self-affirmations, to defeat the negative talk in her head, and we teach her to respect herself so that others will respect her as well. <sighs> Hear me. 
those are some degree of techniques that I might have used, have used. I'm not saying they're evil in and of themselves. But as a path to pursue, as a believer in Christ, I don't think that's leading anywhere. It's actually a continuation of what she had already been trying to do. And it's not working. And it never will. To quote the great philosopher, Cloris Leachman, in the movie Spanglish, she was talking to her daughter and she said, honey, sometimes your low self-image is just the plain common sense. Because <laughs> here's the truth. You know that pit of anxiety you sometimes feel when you think you might not have what it takes? It's not coming from a low self-image. It's reality. It's actually the first half of the gospel. The bad news that confirms your worst fear. And at the same time, gives you a ticket out of the hell of trying harder. You rarely get to hear the gospel said exactly this way, but here's the truth. If it's up to you, you're screwed. Now, I'm sorry. I really did try to come up with a more appropriate word. I really did. But can I just say that this is completely appropriate in its offensiveness? Because it is offensive. It is offensive to us to hear. Not enough. What? Yeah. If it's about you, see, your anxiety, though it's really, really heavy, let me just say, it's also extremely appropriate. It makes complete sense. Because that's an indicator light on the dashboard of your life, saying, pull over. Something's wrong. Check under the hood. That's the purpose of all emotions, as a matter of fact. They're not right nor wrong. They're indicator lights given to you by God so that you would become more in touch with what you are truly living out of, not what you're saying you're really living out of. So don't move away from those negative emotions. Move in. What are they telling you? So that's what I did with my client that day. I didn't rescue her of negative feelings. I invited her and said, move into them. It's kind of a, a kinder version, I think, of Flores Leachman. I asked her, what if your low confidence is actually wisdom? Because, you know, if that's the case, the counseling, working with me to feel better <clears throat> about yourself so you can do better, is really a continuation of what you've been doing all your life. How's that pack been working for you? See, my goal as a counselor it is not to empower my clients. It's to relieve them from the burden that they carry that keeps them from living in the freedom that the gospel offers. As obstacles, those obstacles are removed. As we see the futility of what we're living out of, we join with Christ. And that's when change, that's when growth, that's when joy begins to happen in the life of a believer. John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine. Through the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, that fruit that that verse is speaking of is not your desires, it's spiritual fruit. But that does not mean that your desires are wrong. Let your desires have their place. They're valid, but they're not ultimate. That's not what you were created for. This next verse I'm going to share 
This is Jesus' picture. This is his picture. And you are in it. He describes it here in John 3.16. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his only son, his one and only. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. See, picture that God has for us is not that we are victorious Christians making him look really, really good by living happy and whole together lives. It's out of living our true identity as sons and as daughters who have nothing to prove, nothing to strive to hold on to. Now that we are his children, we don't have to invest ourselves in the shifting sands of self-image. But as Tim Keller says, we are now able to be self forgetful. And that is how our serious loss, the belief that if I do right, life will work right, it can become my greatest game. I know. But to give up that belief, regardless of the proof of the last year, has shown us that is the hardest release of your life. And you will be asked to make it again and again and again and again. Each time your anxiety alerts you, that you have just picked back up that weight. Lean in. Let the truth, let it come up to the surface. You have nothing to be afraid of anymore. Because if it's about you, you're screwed. Thank God it's not. How do you feel? <laughs> that, that is what it's like to be a kid of a dad that loves you. That is not good feelings that come from good performance, that come from good self-affirmations. That is anything but, again, thank God, because I am fresh out of self-affirmations. You know, even the ability to state the place that you are, that's from him. So admit it, like Peter did. There's nowhere else to go. Only he has the words of life. Now, I know that's not exactly the profound, bold statement of faith that you have as a picture in your mind of what you would be. But because of what he did, it's not. Because of what he did, you Sorry, we only have about a minute and a half for questions. <laughs> Good. Anybody have a mop? <laughs> if y'all have a question, ask it. If not, I have a question for y'all to discuss in, uh, in small groups. But Okay, so that means either I answer the question or you answer the question. That's what that means. So come on, you've got seven free minutes with a counselor 
And all you have to do is bare your soul in front of what? Maybe 100 people? That is all you have to do. Come on. Any questions?
because pain and wounds are so broad. So who would I ever be to say how long it would take to tend to a wound carefully and competently? All I can say is that my goal as a counselor is to get my client out of my office as soon as possible. That's my goal as a counselor. My goal as a counselor is never to get her to need me, but to learn again how to think, how not to look at me as the rescuer, as the savior, but how to look at the savior, being empowered through that and also being real and honest, which opens her up also, him up, to good community. Little plug for that. Honestly, if good community were happening more, I probably wouldn't have near the amount of clients that I have. Because for a, to be honest, this is very unpopular, I hope there are no counselors here, um, but the truth is, is that generally, people pay me for being a good friend, for listening. You have my skills, you have them. I regret at points that we have professionalized them. Because that makes you think, beyond my pay grade, well, let me just tell you, as a counselor, do you know how many times I say, beyond my pay, oh, shoot, she is paying So, my competence is not my degree, nor my experience. That said, it is important to have a degree. It is important to have experience. It is important to know how to deal with pretty deep, significant things. But for the vast, vast, vast majority of problems that folks in your world face, you've got what you need. You don't have to pay me for it, because you got it. So what would it look like for you to enter into that more? Did I answer the question? I didn't remember what the question was. <laughs> I know that. I'm not, I, my, count, my clients do not tend to stay for a terribly long time. Because that's not the point, right? But at the same time, I would be loath to say not everybody needs to do the same thing because there is no one size fits all here. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, through the past year and everything, I think maybe a lot of us have, perhaps, your, your metaphors, we all have a picture. I think a lot of us may have forgotten what our picture is. Uh, do you have any tips or some, something we can do to rediscover or repaint what the picture that we desire for our lives to be? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, who let him in? <laughs> Question, Carson. My wife texted about the question. What do you long for? If you don't long, here's the funny thing. You know what I'd ask? I would ask Jesus. Would you help me long? Would you help me have enough faith in you to be willing to desire something that I cannot necessarily make come true? So I think a lot of the time, and that's such a great question, but I think a shutdown of longings is 
much more closely linked not to your personal lack of knowledge of yourself, but fear that it is foolishness to name anything that you can't control. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. So I think what I would say is, ask Jesus. Give me the faith to long for what I can't control. And Jesus, what would that look like? And then start paying attention. Pay attention to those indicator lights. Those things in your soul that spark. Sometimes it sparks in anger. What makes you angry? What makes you happy? What makes you see red? What elevates you? Second thing is, beyond fear, the second thing is, is we have a pretty significant disconnect. We're not reading our indicator lights because we've been told maybe that feelings are bad and wrong and we can't trust them. I wouldn't trust them, but I absolutely would say that's saying you need to get that checked. That's what a feeling is. It's just an indicator light. So as you become more aware of what's going on within you through the day, I think that's also going to help begin to form what your picture is. But that's a really great question. <laughs> Nobody else is going to try, are you? <laughs> Any others? Any others? One more. Okay, after that, that would be $120 per <laughs> hour. And I told you you could have it for free. Thank you. Thank you so much. For more information, to order products, or to connect with us, please visit our website at restore-ministries.org. Also, we are a nonprofit ministry and we rely on donations from people like you to fulfill our mission. If this podcast or any part of our ministry has been an encouragement to you, please consider donating by going to our website. Thank you for listening to Head to Heart.